Now, today I want to talk about something, and uh, I was on vacation, and I wouldn't call it vacation because spending time with a family, your family or your wife's family, is not really vacation. And, and so I, we were in Pennsylvania, and I was looking at this, and I was thinking, wow, the dynamics in her family and the dynamics in my family are totally opposite. And you would think, you look at me and you say, okay, I can see what your wife does. So she posted a picture like this. Now, if this is not the biggest hillbilly picture I've ever seen, and I, I, I'm just going, are you serious? And the thing is, my wife loves dirt racing. And she won't go for a walk with me around the block, but she'll spend four hours getting thrown chunks of dirt at her on the track watching these cars go around with 700 points of decibels in your ears, but she loves it. And so I'm sitting there going, I don't get it, it doesn't make sense to me, and so I'm watching the dynamics of families, how they interact with each other, and I watch the dynamics and how we interact together as a church, and I realize there's a lot of strings attached. You notice that? That all of a sudden, instead of having the freedom to live the life that you and I want to live, we kind of modify our behavior when we're around certain people because there's strings attached. Now, I always tell people that I am not healthy. I act healthy. And so Angela, who does this incredible uh, worship, her last day is August 11th. I get it. I do it. And the thing is, you want to throw strings at her, don't you? You want to throw guilt at her. I know what she's pointing to me. And I've done it. And the thing is, I've noticed this, and it's interesting. Instead of me properly, healthily grieving her, leaving, and really getting emotional and saying goodbye to her, then I can attach a string to her and get mad at her. Because my anger is a much easier emotion to handle than my grief. See how it works? And so, therefore, we don't like changes in our life. We don't want these in our life. And so, when does it take the courage to cut the strings? When does it take the courage for me to let go of the strings? And so, we have, we're going to look at this, and it's very interesting on why we hold strings. Because sometimes we go to a family reunion, and we can see a whole entire spider web of strings everywhere. Even at work, people are pulling strings, pulling this, pulling that, and controlling your behavior. And then what happens, you don't have the freedom to be what God has called you to be. Look on the screen. Cutting the strings, uh, the strings give us the freedom to learn to truly love. Love with strings attached is not love at all because godly love is unconditional. Now, unfortunately, a lot of Christians struggle with this, especially pastors, because we think, well, Jesus was a servant. Jesus was very giving. Jesus served others, so I need to do it too. Jesus didn't think of himself, so I need to do it too. So we have that Christian guilt. You know, like, oh, man, what kind of Christian am I to do this? What kind of Christian am I to cut the strings of my mom or my dad or in situations? What kind of son would I be? Do you see how the strings are attached? And so what happens here is I'm learning this. If you look on the screen, that basically our ego, when we sacrifice, our e when our ego is involved, and I say, yes, our ego is involved, 
when Jesus sacrificed himself, it was true humility. There was no ego in it. But sometimes when we sacrifice, the ego is involved. Follow me on the screen. The best way for the ego to be in control without looking like it is in control is for it to hide behind false humility and false sacrifice. Oh, I'm just trying to help you. I really care for Angela, and I don't want her to leave. I'm her spiritual father. <laughs> you see what I mean? The ego's involved. It's about me, really. It's about me. And so this is where I've learned in counseling. And if you look at me and you think, well, you're strange. This is a product of five years of counseling. You should have seen me before counseling. Okay? This is five years. And so here, it's, it's, I'm learning what's called codependency. You can follow me on, the, on this description. Codependency is a type of dysfunctional, helping relationship where one person supports or enables another person's addiction. Poor mental health, immaturity, ir irresponsibility, and underachievement. Among the core characteristics of codependency, the most common theme is an excessive reliance on other people for approval and identity. As a pastor, I want to be loved. You guys love me, please? Okay. <laughs> okay, if I, if I change that, just tell me, because I'll, I'll change the whole sermon around for you. <laughs> okay? Because I'll, 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 I'll do it. And so the thing is, when I look at what kind of personality does a codependent person have, is first is low self-esteem. I have to get my self-esteem fed. You know, Jennifer, she drives me nuts, but I love her to death because she knows me. Have you ever self-pitched your girlfriend or your wife or your husband for them to compliment you? Oh, I'm just a terrible person. And then you want them to go, no, you're not, and all this stuff. So I go, oh, I'm such a terrible person. My wife goes, I'm not here to stroke your ego. I'm here to keep you humble. I was pissed. I was really, oh, I'm sorry, angry. But it was true. It was true. Our egos getting, well, people pleaser. I've got to keep everyone happy. I've got to do this. I've got to keep people happy. And so, therefore, I'm a people pleaser. And the worst thing about us codependent people is we live in denial. We have no idea that we're codependent because we created, we've, we're focusing on other people's needs. We're such an awesome person. And so why is it so hard to cut the strings? Why is it so hard to let go of the strings? Because we're afraid to lose control. Unconditional love is not control. And so this is where it's important. A lot of pastors will try to throw the strings of guilt and religion to you. You know, I mean, look, half of you, if not 90% of you, have church issues. Because the guilt. Those are strings. And so th it's interesting to me, on, on, if we look at the passage on the gospel today, it talks, it's really fascinating to me, because if you look at this particular angle, it talks about, about letting go of strings, and not only uh, strings of relationship, but strings to Jesus and our cultural strings, where our culture is accepting, where our culture does not accept. And so you look at this story about Mary, Mary, man, she is courageous, especially in those times that she lived in. 
And so the gospel starts off that in Bethany, Jesus was good friends with Lazarus. And he was good friends with Mary and Martha. And this is before he raised Lazarus from the dead, before Lazarus was sick. He went to visit them. And so now get this. Jesus, as, a, uh, as himself, comes in and sits down and begins to teach. Mary goes, oh my goodness, this guy has so much wisdom. He's, she sits down. Martha's in the kitchen cooking. And she's serving and she's preparing a meal for Jesus and the other people. And so when Martha's doing something that she's good at, she's gifted at, all of a sudden she started thinking, why am I here doing this myself? I, I shouldn't be doing this. Where's my sister? Where, where is she? And you, Have you ever done this where a thought goes in your head and then all of a sudden it just gets bigger and then bigger and then bigger and bigger and all of a sudden it's just a huge thing and you're just ticked off and you're, somebody else is watching you going, what is erupting inside of you right now? Because I can tell you right now, 10 minutes, I'm going to see a whole eruption right now that's going to be uncontrollable. And sure enough, Martha did it. And so <laughs> she, like, I'm sorry, scripture cracks me up. I, I tell you that all the time. So Martha runs into the living room. Jesus is doing this incredible godly teaching. And she just makes it about herself. She says in Luke, it's on the screen. And she came to him and said, Lord, why do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. You see the strings? Right to her sister, right to Jesus. That's what happened. And the, and the thing is, basically, there's only three people in the room and she's shooting everybody with these strings. Because she's saying, why, basically, this, I'm letting you in on some things I shouldn't let you in. But my wife and I, when we're separated, we talk like girlfriend and boyfriend, you know, and stuff like this. And it doesn't make any sense, but they have your own language. I miss you, I miss you too. But, but the thing is, it's basically Mary, Martha was saying, Lord, don't you care? And I love that question because that's the most manipulative little question on the planet. And Jennifer and I do that all the time. When I got off the phone and she goes, you land? I go, yeah, I can't believe you didn't come home with me. And then right away she goes, I can't believe you didn't stay with me. <laughs> then, I, then I go, I'll see you. Um, I, then, I, and then I'll say, hey, if you think about me, call me. <laughs> that's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I, I can throw ropes now. <laughs> Forget strings. You know, but the problem is she won't grab onto them. That's what bugs me, because she'll just reverse it. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> I say, I'm at it. And so Martha was um, saying, don't you care about me? And it's very important to understand the culture back then, because the culture which is interesting, men and women were completely segregated back then. They didn't walk together in public. They didn't hold hands. If you're a husband and wife, you didn't do anything together. Even in the house, you were separate. The only time where gender was together was in the bedroom. That's it. So for Mary to be sitting in front of Jesus was a no-no. So basically, there are the two strings I'm talking about. There was a cultural string that she shot at, too. This is wrong. This doesn't fit our culture. A woman should not be sitting at the 
feet of Jesus. And it's interesting, Jesus was a teacher, and so therefore his disciples, when he called on his disciples, they were supposed to sit at the feet of Jesus. And so what's interesting about this, she decided to sit at the feet of Jesus with no invitation. And so not only did she cut the strings from her sister, she cut the strings from her culture. Because she wanted to have this incredible relationship with Jesus. How many of us have been stuck in the string of a catechism or Catholic churches or Christian or Protestant church or whatever church that they say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't act like this. And all of a sudden you've never truly experienced the manifestation of the Holy Spirit because you're too busy holding on the strings of religion. And so we look at this and go, good grief, because she had this extraordinary perspective of God. And so on the screen, somehow the presence of Jesus gave Mary the courage to cut the strings that kept her from being the person God has made her to be. So she created by God to sit at the feet of Jesus and to soak up what he was saying. And why would it be... uh, Why would she be created to sit and soak up what Jesus was saying? It was that she could then use her voice to teach others. And she had learned. But she had to first have the courage to cut the strings. We tend to think that Jesus was upset at Martha. But Martha had an incredible gift of hospitality. But yet that gift of hospitality was a burden on her right then. And basically Jesus was saying, cut that string to enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy what you're doing. This is what you're good at. So don't try to make your sister do what she's called to do. You know, we, we want people to conform like us. If everyone was a Christian like me, <laughs> oh, it would be a problem. Our Bible studies would be cracking each other up with dumb jokes, you know. But the thing is, all of us are different. So look at verse 41. It's on the screen. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted about many things. There is a need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. First, Jesus seems to make it clear. Let go. I know people in this church that have strings attached to them. And I have strings attached to me. And I'm just going, man, there's times where I just go, if I had the courage, if I had the courage, and I go, no, duh, you need courage. You need courage. Look on the screen. Both Mary and Martha had the opportunity to serve Jesus. Mary served Jesus from being who she was created to be by God, and she cut the strings of culture and family expectations in order to do it. Therefore, she courageously chosen well. Martha was also serving Jesus in a very important way, but she chose not to focus on simply serving Jesus. She was distracted and therefore not free to simply love and serve. Mary cut the strings while Martha was tangled in them. Cutting the strings almost always required courage. It's interesting. And so the thing is, I know, how do I let this go? Back on the screen. We learn to love and let go just as Jesus did. Only when you can let go of those who love can be really begin to love them. It's scary. Because if you look at children that you're having difficulties with children or you're looking at loved ones, you think, well, if I let them go, they're going to hurt themselves. They're going to harm themselves. 
So therefore, I get this Messiah complex. I have it. Yeah, I got a big M that says Messiah that I put on me, that when people in the church are going through struggle, that I've got to save them. And so when I try to save them, I get in the way of the Holy Spirit's job. And it's hard because I cannot imagine if something happens on my watch, how am I going to deal with this? Now, the thing is, you think, Kevin, how could you be so straightforward? I mean, just what do I do? Just turn my back to do this? They're, they're on drugs, or do I do that? And I go, ooh. Back on the screen. Letting go does not mean that you no longer love or care for that person you let go of. Yes, it will be extremely painful and even tragic at times, but true love does not come without pain. Love sucks. I mean, if you think about it, it's hard. And the more you love, the deeper you can go through pain. And so you know that. And the, and the thing is, when I choose to be in love with the church or love with my wife or love with this, I'm, choose, I'm taking a risk. And that person's worth the risk. But I know, reality-wise, I'm going to get hurt. My heart's going to break. I know what's going to happen. And so how do I let this go? I'm a big advocate for 12-step programs. I really am because the Al-Anon groups, I don't know if you're familiar, we have an Al-Anon group that meets at my office Sunday nights at 7 o'clock. And it's talking about how to cut the strings. That's basically what it is. How to cut the strings, how to do this, how to deal with this. And so the, we need to start asking the question, and I put this on the screen, why have I not found the courage to cut the strings? Don't you hate to ask yourself real questions? You know, I was listening to Ashley Keys. You're into Ashley Keys? Amelia, what is it? What did I say, Ashley? Do not correct me in public. It's humiliating. 29,000 days. Did I get that one right? You heard that song? I ain't singing it. Good luck on that one. <laughs> but I was just, I was moving. Because I didn't want to deal with reality. I knew I had to cut a string this week. And it was the hardest thing on the planet. It was a 15-year rope. And I did it. And I felt like crap. I felt like crap. But I know here it was the healthiest thing for me to do. Because when I cut the strings, it allows a new relationship, if warranted, to start. Do you see what I mean? But if I'm putting up with this stuff, because people behave the way they do, because it works, right? And so when it stops working, the behavior has to change or they'll go. It's hardcore. I, I get it, and it's hard. But I had to do it before Sunday because I wanted to be consistent with what I'm teaching. Back on the screen. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus in prayer until we know that it's, 
that we are safe in his presence. It is then that we find the courage to cut the strings. It is then that we will find the courage to let go of the strings that we are holding. It is then that we will, by his grace, be able to choose the one thing that is better. We can choose to love and let go.